You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So um, today is officially the day that we begin looking at the 49ers. That is a two-day process, kind of a three-day if I talk about it on Sunday, whatever. Um, but today's going to be a little bit short because I got up about an hour late. Doesn't matter, really matter why other than I'm you know, tired, man. Leave me alone. Honestly, I would like an answer. I don't even know. It's not like I planned it. I woke up and my phone's like, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up, phone? And then my phone's like, hey, it's 4 o'clock. I don't know if you knew that. I'm like, what the heck? Why don't you wake me up? I did. I was singing Journey songs. Literally been doing that for an hour. I don't I don't know. So I, you know, I don't have answers. My phone doesn't have answers. But we're going to, you know, have to cut her a little bit short. But we'll just, I'll just talk fast. I'll push pause a little bit less. You know, we'll just rock through it. What are we doing? Um, t-shirts, be sure to check those out if you want to support the show, whatever. Um, GoFundMe, Packers Fans Against Cancer, super important. Let me just check really quick. I think I said thank you to Dan, but if not, thank you, Dan. So there's a link in the description. Um, Madison Cancer Foundation is where the money is going on December 25th. That is Christmas this year. Similar to every year, just, you know, it's the 2019 one. And, uh, oh, Instagram, Sunday at noon, we got a giveaway, so go find the Dorsey Levens thing. What you're doing is commenting in that post with three Packer fans, tagging them, what have you. The instructions are there, I'm sure you can figure it out. But uh, we will be drawing a name, somebody will be winning a signed Dorsey Levens jersey. Comes with a uh, certificate of authenticity. So be sure to follow Packernet Podcast on Instagram, and if you want to get involved in that giveaway... Please, by all means, do it. Anyways, let's take our break and start talking about the 49ers. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So today, if I'm not mistaken, is Friday. If I'm wrong about that, I am going to rage. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that it is Friday. I'm thinking Friday is a good day to go do some stuff, and if not, let's do something tomorrow. What I'm driving at here is, if you're looking for something to do, you should download the Vivid Seats app and flip through and see what's in your area. Got some concerts, maybe the circus is in town, you can see elephants, you know, doing splits or whatever. They probably do that. All kinds of goodies. I just had Vivid Seats send me a message reminding me that the Badgers game is going to be uh, coming up. And that ticket prices are ridiculously cheap. I'm not going to lie, I'm thinking about it. I'm not going to go, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, I might go. But you, you, you know you're not going to, but you, you know, maybe you will, but you, know, you won't. But if you're not like me and you're planning on pulling the trigger, make sure you're using Vivid Seats. You can earn the Vivid Seats rewards. You got the buyer guarantee. And if you're, if you're a new user, you can enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. I think it's a pretty sweet deal, man. What else are you going to do? Sit around and waste your life? Be productive? I don't think so. 
So just, just check out Vivid Season, all right? Thank you very much. So first and foremost, let's look at the injury report. That's going to be kind of the biggest thing going into this. Uh, Robbie Gold finally did pop up on this. He is not practicing, so that is very significant for them. Um, however, some relatively positive news. George Kittle was upgraded to limited participation. Kind of leads us to believe that he is going to be playing. We'll see. Uh, Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders also off the did not participation list and are limited uh, in practice. So all that is good news. However, you still got Matt Breida not practicing, D Ford not practicing, Robbie Gold, Robbie Gold not practicing, and Joe Staley not practicing. So you know some of these guys are going to end up playing. Obviously, a lot of them are going to get better. We're not going to be counting on winning the game that way, anyways. But it kind of helps a little bit. And I was thinking about saying kind of the whole, you don't want to win that way. You want the team to be better. And it's true. I don't want there to be any doubt. I want the Packers to win because they're better. But eh, here's the thing. It's not impossible that the Packers are very, very good by the time the playoffs roll around, but still have a couple bugs to work out. And that with these bugs... They can beat a D Fordless, Matt Breedless, Robbie Goldless, Joe Stalyless 49ers team and can't beat them with those guys. So yeah, I mean I, I get the whole good, bring them all back. We're gonna beat them at their best and all I get that, and that's cool. And if it happens, that's great. But the idea that if you're gonna win the Super Bowl, you have to be able to beat this team, that's true. If the Packers in January can't beat the 49ers at full strength, it doesn't matter anyways. But it's not January, it's still November. So yeah, I don't, I don't really like wins with asterisks or anything like that, but I, I don't know, it's kind of not about pride right now. <laughs> Things are a little tenuous at the moment. The, the Vikings are nipping at our heels. Uh, the 49ers, you know, who's in the Saints, who's going to have that first round by? The Seahawks are really flying at us. No dumb pun intended. And I really didn't intend that because it would not have been funny. In fact, I would be ashamed, so I need you to understand. I did not intend to say that, and I apologize for that. So I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm rooting for injury because, you know, I mean, you know, people doing hurt or whatever. In fact, I'm, I'm the opposite of rooting for injury. I want them to rest. I want them to be so healthy it's crazy going forward. Like, I think he can, no, look, George Kittle has a bad knee and a bad ankle. What if he plays and snaps his knee off and can never play again? Am I am I rooting for injuries here? I don't think so. Not me. I'm not the one rooting for that. The 49ers might be rooting for that, and their fans might be rooting for that if they even have fans. I'm not sure how that works out there. I'm not rooting for injury. I'm rooting for rest and recovery. Same goes for Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, by the way. I'm sure they're going to play, but look, Emmanuel Sanders has got bad ribs, man. You know how Kevin King likes to fly in and smoke people sometimes? Just reckless abandon. I mean, that's how he keeps messing up his shoulder because he just comes in like a wrecking ball. He comes flying in helmet first and hits Emmanuel Sanders in the ribs. Nobody wants to see that. Debo, bad shoulder. You know how guys sky up and get that pass and then they get hit in the air and come down shoulder first? I'm just looking out for their well-being. So, you know, I, I don't know. And again, if you're of the mind, good, bring them all back because I want to beat them at their best, fine. I'm usually thinking that way. Not thinking that way right now. I'm kind of just looking for a W, and I'll take it as cheap as I can get it. Because, I mean, and I had said something similar at the beginning of the year. It, not that I'm rooting for injury ever, but 
it's not about in, it, you can win a sloppy game and it doesn't matter because nobody knows what they're doing. It's it's basically preseason for the starters in September. It's sloppy football. Nobody can tackle. Nobody can do anything. We don't have a team identity. We, you know the the offense was terrible. You know just find a way to win, right? Why do we beat the Vikings? Largely because Kirk Cousins just imploded. Now Vikings fans are looking at that. Well, oh, that's how you know we're going to beat you next time. No, because they're two entirely different teams by the time we meet again. It's not like exact same rematch. Except Kirk Cousins probably won't be trash again. Although he might because he's, you know, trash sometimes. It's kind of the problem with Kirk Cousins. But you know whatever. But you you just want wins, and the same thing is true in the playoffs. Really, the only time you don't really want sloppy wins is kind of toward the end of the season, and the only reason you don't is because you want reassurance that by the time we get into the playoffs, because you can't count on sloppy wins, that we're going to win, you know, in a in a solid kind of way. I just I just want to see it. I mean, I, again, I'll still take the wins no matter what. But if you're winning a bunch of sloppy games or getting lucky because of injuries or you're playing uh, an easy schedule, it's just kind of disheartening a little bit because it's like, this is awesome, but we're not going to win in the playoffs. This is not good enough. But, I mean, we're, we're still early, man. We're still early. We're coming out of a bye. We're healthy. Just fire out of this bye. Hit them so hard their head just is spinning. Go up 21 nothing. Defense hang on for dear life. Win by a field goal, and let's get the heck out of California and never come back. You guys are football players. California's looking for you. They, they see you coming with that big old pile of money. Oh, boy, you better protect your money. Not just from the government, but the bums. And I mean, it's just, just get out of there as quickly as you can. Get the W and flee. Sorry to the California listener. I just, you know, look, you guys look down your nose at us. We look down our nose at you. That's how this works, all right? We're a bunch of dumb hicks. You guys poop on your own sidewalk. So, you know. It's fine. We can be friends. Just, you know, different way of living out here. We use bathrooms. You know, cultural differences are what make this country great. <laughs> as far as the Green Bay Packers injury report, uh, the only did not practice was Mercedes Lewis for the sake of veteran rest. We had a few limiteds, which would be Devontae again, uh, Brian Balaga limited, also veteran rest, Jimmy veteran rest, Danny Vitale with his knee, Tremont veteran rest, and Cole Madison was added with a knee injury. Still practicing in a limited fashion, meaning he'll probably play if needed, which he isn't. So for the most part, everybody's good. So no excuses. Had lots of preparation, lots of rest. I, I And I keep saying, that's probably not even true, is it? I mean, it is. You're getting a rest from getting battered, which I'm sure helps a lot. But I'm guessing a lot of these guys were not doing a lot of resting. Again, I'm just thinking 22, 24, 26-year-old millionaires. Eh, I wouldn't be resting much, but whatever. Point is, you're, you're not beaten and battered, and, you know, let's, let's play a good game, all right? Also, let, let's... All right, one thing. I don't, I don't know how much time I'm going to have. This stinks. Tell you what, I don't think we're really going to get into it, so let's take a break now, talk about something else, and we'll see how much time we have. Schedule's getting all messed up here. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so tomorrow, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyways, I wanted to, I guess, kind of address what happened last time they went out to the West Coast. Because there's multiple variables, and that's kind of the biggest thing. Hang- well, I don't know if it's the biggest thing. Probably the biggest thing is that people are just legitimately scared of the 49ers, which to some degree is fair. Um, and I would say that when I first heard that the Packers were going to change their schedule to fly out to Sanford, or yeah, well, California a day later, it didn't make me super happy because essentially what you're doing is you're changing your schedule not because it makes you better, but because you're protecting against people doing wrong stuff. In other words, going out on you know Thursday or Friday, whatever they did last time, was what Matt LaFleur felt was best. It puts them in an optimal state to win the game, getting acclimated, practicing out there, temperature, time, whatever, not exhausted from the travel. And the only reason we're moving it is to protect against some people acting dumb. So some people who don't act dumb, which is true of all of them, but some of them have to have a less optimal situation because we have to be worried about people who can't control themselves. Now, maybe they wouldn't have done it anyways, but that's not a good thing. That's, that is a bad thing. With that being said, however, there are a couple things that are working in their favor. Obviously, the bye week is one of them, but I also think the fact that they lost in California once before, and it was because they were all basically doing dumb stuff, not all, but it was a big part of it. Nobody was really ready to play. I think it's going to give them an extra level of focus. So the fact that you have a bye week lined up perfectly with the week in which the Packers are going to try extra hard to be extra focused and extra ready is kind of perfect. Whether that means you get it all out of your system for the bye week so that you don't feel the need to go crazy in California again, and or, again, you were embarrassed. I mean, it's not like everybody knew this is how the game was going to go. A lot of it, as Aaron Rodgers said, was the fact that they didn't really see it coming, right? They started believing their own hype too much. They only had one loss, eight and one, whatever they were, seven and one. They just felt they were unbeatable. So they can go out, have a good time. And then they showed up flat, got beat by a team they never should have got beaten by. And it's it's a humbling thing. So now you've got this extra desire to redeem yourselves. You've got an extra week, not only to recover, but you know whatever kind of fun you want to have, you get it out of your system so you don't feel compelled. Because the other part of this is A lot of these guys have been working real hard for a real long time, no breaks, not really seeing your family or friends. A lot of these guys do not have permanent homes in Wisconsin, so they have to, you know, during the bye week, they get to go home and see their families and get to do stuff. So a lot of it is they're cooped up in a small town, not a whole lot to do, and then you get out to California, right? I mean, you you could see it. And the point is, I, I think you could say that they didn't really expect it to go as poorly as it did, and now that they saw it, it's, it's everything in reverse. They know, first of all, not to do it and that they can't handle it and can't win, especially against the 49ers. They realize how much is on the line with the 49ers. They have redemption to worry about with the 49ers. They had a bye week to have extra time to prepare, extra time to rest, and you get to itch that bug of whatever it is you weren't getting in Green Bay, you get to do. Whether it's just being home with your family, getting to hang out with your friends, getting to party a little bit, whatever it is, you get to do that. This is your time But then you get to refocus and say, all right, now it's time to get serious. So I kind of see this whole big picture, right? There's the negative of moving it a day 
Not for optimal reasons, but I also think that's kind of a minor thing. I think all the other variables are going to work very positively. Now, if it happens again, we got a serious problem. If guys get out there a day later and they're still going out and having a good time like the day before, so I mean, we legitimately have to look at some of these guys and say, you guys have a problem. I mean, is this a Johnny Manziel situation or what's going on? Like, you can't control yourself for 24 hours? But again, I don't expect that to be the case. I think guys are, are going to understand what happened last time and not want to duplicate it. They're going to understand what's at stake because it's the 49ers. They're going to understand all of that. Right? I don't want to go through it again, but you get it, right? So I, I tend to actually believe the Packers are going to come out on ultra-focused. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes you come out a little flat after the bye, whatever. You never know. That, that's the hardest part about all this is that at the end of the day, football is completely unpredictable. There are just too many crazy variables from the game plan to the in-game coaching, the in-game adjustments to the quarterback and what's going on in his life and his aches and pains, his mindset, how much sleep he got. And you take those same variables and apply it to each and every single one of the people on your team. Apply it to everybody on the opposite team. You look at special teams, offense, defense. You look at wind or weather conditions. You look at the crowd noise. It's just there is a never-ending list. And then variables compound on top of variables. Right? You come out in a certain way. You start losing. It changes. It changes the dynamic. How do the players react? How do the coaches react? How does the game plan change? It's just it's this... M- Billions and billions of variables that are changing by the second. And then you get the butterfly effect of this affects this and this and this and this. That's why it's always so ridiculous when, when a team you know loses to this team or wins against that team. And it's like, whoa, we got to change everything. Not necessarily. Man. It's just, it was a crazy thing that happened. So the point is, I, I don't really know. But I, I think as far as the variables that we can see, I tend to think the Packers have a lot of them going in their uh, favor. The Packers have had a long slog without a break. They finally got their break. They got their rest. And as I said, the 49ers had a four or a week four bye and are going into their, I believe, eighth game in a row. And you can see the effects. They're banged up. And it's not just nothing. They almost lost to the Cardinals. I mean, this is starting to take its toll. Now, they're, you know, George Kittle is a, is a massive part of their team. I said he's the best player, according to PFF, on their entire team. But, you know, higher grade than Bosa has. Probably not as important of a position, so you can argue it all you want. I'm just saying, as far as the grades go, he's higher. And not having him is going to have an impact, but but I, I just think this is a team that's starting to wear down a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean they don't, you know, again, they can see the same stuff. They see how much is on the line. It's in their house. Kittle's coming back. You know, there's the pride factor for Shanahan. And maybe, you know, that's, that's a massive variable, because how does that work? I, I tend to think it works a little bit more in Shanahan's favor only because their team has been running this system for a while now and when you have that you get familiarity not just with the offense running the offense but the defense understanding this offense because they practice against each other they understand this style of offense so you've got a 49ers team which granted there's some new pieces D Ford is new Bose is new but in large part you've got a defense that has become accustomed to not just this year because the Packers have as well but a few years now of running this this style of offense and recognizing the style of offense. And that's a real thing. It's, it's why when an offensive coordinator or a new coach comes in, you kind of get a couple freebies because it's new. It's why, you know, if, if there's one team in a division that runs a 3-4 and everyone else is a 4-3, that team has somewhat of a, an, an advantage. 
because all the other three teams in the division, when they're practicing, they're practicing it against four three teams. They're more accustomed to playing four three teams. The other two teams that they play in the division, that they play f- a cumulative four times a year, run a four three defense. Then you come up against a three four, you're just not as used to it. So there's a familiarity factor, but not just Matt Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan being familiar with each other. There's a familiarity factor with the teams. Defense recognizing certain things in the offense. And it's, it is true also with the Packers, but I just think it's not as much because they haven't been doing it as long. So um, anyways, tomorrow is probably going to have to be the real big, massive PFF day. So I'll just leave it at that. So it'll, it'll be PFF slash just, I mean, the, the whole thing at once. Usually I do today, we kind of just look at the team and then tomorrow we kind of break down how you win or what. It's just all going to be in one, which is good because I always... I can't stop myself from talking about it anyways, so it probably works better this way. But since we're not talking about that today, um, I'll turn briefly to the Facebook group. There was something, I forget who posted it, but I kind of just took it as a joke, because I, I think it is. But I had Cece, who's in the Facebook group, reach out in uh, Instagram and specifically ask if I could comment on it. So let us let me read it to you. Hot prediction. Bears release Trubisky at the end of the season. Packers, seeing a young quarterback with a natural talent that needs to be coached up, decide to sign Trubisky. Trubisky sits behind Rodgers for three to four more seasons and takes over when Rodgers retires. Trubisky destroys the NFC North for the next 10 years as a Packer. As if the last 20-plus years weren't painful enough for Bears fans, having Trubisky continue Green Bay's legacy would be priceless. That would be awesome. The, the only real hard thing about that is that I spend so much time trashing Trubisky, it, it becomes hard to turn that around but then again i mean we had julius peppers come over and that wasn't that was pretty seamless although i never trashed julius peppers that would be ridiculous even though he didn't have that great of a of a career couple of seasons with the bears still it's julius peppers and again i kind of think this is a joke so i don't really want to overanalyze this because it kind of takes the funny out of it but i guess let's do it anyways because i was asked to um are the bears going to release trubisky at the end of the season um no Reason being, um, he is due $9.237593 million. If they cut him, they save exactly $0 because he's on his rookie contract and it's 100% guaranteed. So, I mean, you can cut him or better yet, maybe try to trade him to see if you can get something out of it, but you're paying 100% of that contract. So that that first part isn't really going to happen, but maybe the year after. Um, The next part, would the Packers pick him up? So after the 2020 season, we're saying he gets cut. I mean, the only real way that it happens would be if he gives up the dream of of getting a big contract. And and that also would mean that no other teams are willing to buy into him because I I don't think the Packers, maybe they would a little bit, but you're going to want to pay him backup quarterback money. And Trubisky's probably going to be trying to get some kind of money as a starter, even though he won't get it. I don't know, and even as a backup, how much do you want to pay him? And I understand the rest of the story is that he's great, but obviously you don't know that at the time, so how much do you want to pay him? How much does he want? How much is somebody else going to be willing to pay him? But let's just say nobody wants him, so it's basically everybody offers somewhere around a a general minimum, and Trubisky, having always liked the Packers, as we saw on his Twitter account, decides, I would like to play for the Packers, as well as, you know, maybe he's got some hard feelings for the Bears who didn't re-sign him, whatever. So then he comes over. All right, I'm, I'm on board. Sits behind Rodgers for three to four more seasons. So we're picking him up at the age of 27. So 27, 28, 29. So he's either 29 or 30 years old when he takes over. That's doable. Destroys the NFC North for 10 years, so he plays until he's 40. It's legit. So yeah, I guess I'm good with it. 
I mean, to be honest, and and I, I again, I understand this is a joke, and of course that's probably not going to happen because Trubisky's just not generally a very good quarterback. But sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, I remember, and I didn't watch him a lot. I didn't watch a lot of quarterbacks because the Packers didn't need quarterbacks. But I remember watching a little bit of Trubisky, and there was one play in particular where I watched him and just thought that looked exactly like Aaron Rodgers. There's a little bit of, of Aaron Rodgers in Trubisky in terms of, of skill set. He does, on occasion, throw a beautiful deep ball right where it needs to be. He does have the ability to scramble when the time kind of permits. So if you can get Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to kind of just coach the guy up, not that it's Rodgers' job, but you understand what I'm saying, right? To, to kind of learn from Aaron Rodgers and develop that skill set that Aaron Rodgers already has rather than just being thrust in and having no idea how to use this, other than having coaches say, okay, here's how you use that skill set, actually playing behind somebody that already has the skill set that can actually teach you this is how you utilize those skills, this is the the way your brain thinks, this is what you do, you know, and then he gets to watch and learn and all. You know, I mean, the, the talent is in there somewhere. If anything is going to help this guy become a quarterback, it's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. So there you go. There's my thoughts on that. Anyways, as I said, it's going to be a short one today. I'll make up for it tomorrow and make it an extra juicy one. I don't know what that means, but since there's no definition, I will probably fulfill it. But it's Friday, got the weekend coming, got the Packers game coming. All good things, man. Aside from the fact that it's Sunday night, which everyone seems to be excited about, I hate, hate, hate that it's Sunday night. Probably means there will not be a podcast on um, on Monday morning, unless I do the podcast Sunday night. Ugh, I don't know. Anyways, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.